Dr. Colleen Pearson. Welcome to the Foundational Attitudes of Mindfulness. First, let's start with the definition for mindfulness. The universally accepted definition for mindfulness is Dr. John Kabat-Zinn's Mindfulness is the awareness that arises from paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, moment by moment, and non-judgmentally. If your mind is hardly ever in the present moment, but instead is either rehashing over the past or preparing for the future, and in doing so, it misses the present moment, where life is happening. Often it feels the moment we're in isn't worth paying attention to. Instead, we'd rather look forward to the future or rehash the past. Focusing on the present drops away worries about what was or what will be. Mindfulness meditation is where you become intensely aware of what you're sensing and feeling in the moment without interpretation, analysis, or judgment. Practicing mindfulness involves breathing methods, guided imagery, and other techniques to relax the body and mind and help reduce stress. Spending too much time planning, problem-solving, daydreaming, or thinking negative or random thoughts can be draining. It can also make you more likely to experience stress, anxiety, and symptoms of depression. So here are the foundational attitudes of mindfulness meditations as I learned them. There are seven foundational attitudes. They are acceptance, non-judging, non-striving, letting go, letting be, that's all one, patience, trust, beginner's mind, and gratitude and generosity. Let's start with acceptance. This can be the most challenging, mostly because there are things in our lives we don't want to be there, yet we can't remove them. That is where acceptance is a strength. It includes accepting moments of intense negative emotion like anger, fear, grief, or heartbreak. Denying these emotions won't make them go away. They might redirect and come out in other ways, often aimed at people we love. Acceptance is about experiencing the pain and moving through it, a learning experience that will also help you in the future. Once you learn through practice that you can survive these intense emotions, they hold less power over you, cause you less anxiety and worry, and allow you to move on faster. Acceptance means seeing things exactly as they are, rather than as you think they are, or as you think they should be. You have to see things as they are, and yourself as you honestly are in the moment, if you wish to change, 
heal, or transform yourself for your life. Struggling against these things only exhausts you, and what you're fighting isn't phased by it. It's how you can end up feeling helpless. By accepting, you can find yourself with more energy to heal and to transform these emotions and thoughts, and remember that they are temporary. Number two, non-judging. When you first start out with mindfulness, it's almost impossible not to judge things, because having an opinion about everything starts when we're very little. What would change if we started paying attention to the constant march of all the opinions, judgments, and evaluations we make every day? We learn very young to think about what we did, and that can lead to analyzing, overanalyzing, and judging our past. Usually accompanied by negative self-talk, which diminishes our self-esteem and can wipe out self-confidence all on our own, no help needed. Now that's power. How about we use it for good? How about we stop beating ourselves up for judging our behavior, thoughts, and emotions? Non-judging means you don't have to do something about everything in your life. You can let it be. Like with acceptance, we remind ourselves that judgments are temporary, and you don't need to grasp them like a lifeline to self-destruction. Let those thoughts pass. Judging will happen. We're wired for it. The key is not to make it so important that it takes over and crushes you. It isn't necessary or vital to your success. Overcoming it is. So if you believe that being highly critical got you where you are, how much further could you go without mentally hindering yourself? Three, non-striving. Non-striving is being fully present in the moment without the need to change it. Being present without any agenda. It's moving from a doing, going, pushing, trying to a receptive being place. Understanding in the moment that your reaction to thoughts or emotions are not perfect and might even be stressful or painful. But learning to let go of striving opens a sense of ease. And as we practice it over time, we learn that just being is restful, healing, and restorative. Think of striving as pushing forward with effort. And then think of non-striving as letting things be as they are. The biggest paradox of meditation is that by not doing a thing, you can fix problems. Of course, you are doing something. You are observing the problem. You're not judging and accepting that there is a problem, and you patiently look at it as it unfolds. 
which for some, just the thought of doing this causes anxiety, which keeps the negative behaviors in place. All of this takes a lot of effort and perseverance. Meditation looks like an easy fix. It is not. Yet, it works. Now we're on the fourth out of seven. Letting go or letting be. When we experience thoughts, feelings, emotions that we like, we instinctively want to hold on to them, to grasp them tightly to us so they don't leave. There's nothing wrong with that, except if they're extremely unrealistic. Like the end of a relationship you're clinging to. Holding on creates stress and pain because it's driven by fear. We do the opposite for thoughts, sensations, and emotions we don't like. We put a lot of effort into pretending they don't exist, distracting ourselves, pushing them away, or fighting to keep them from flowing out of us in negative ways, like anger. Trying to push everything away takes a tremendous amount of mental energy. In both of these cases, we're trying to fight against reality. With practice, you learn to hold on to the things that you want to be a little more lightly and learn to let go of the things that you need gone in small moments that require less effort and don't exhaust the system. This also forces us to pay close attention to exactly what we are holding to us and what we are trying to push away. Next up is patience. When we are feeling impatient and rushed is, ironically, the best time to practice patience. You can take the feeling of impatience and hold it for a moment. Allow it to be a part of your experience, but not let it force you forward. Just notice the way it makes you feel. Are you holding tension in your jaws, your neck, your upper back? Do you feel like you're holding an entire tide of thoughts behind a mental barrier just to be able to focus on this one thing you're being pushed to do, but you can't? You can live for a moment with the feeling of being rushed, that you have to hurry or else. Or else what? Unless you have a deadline, you can pause. In fact, pausing to think or meditate or breathe frequently clears obstacles. Patience is self-compassion and trust in yourself. Learning patience is a hallmark of good self-care practice. Next up is trust. A mindfulness practice can teach us to trust ourselves, trust the sensations in our body, trust the ability to slow down our mind, 
so we can see what's driving us moment to moment. Trust in yourself builds a more meaningful life. It starts a ripple effect, leading to you trusting yourself to handle thoughts and emotions caused by internal and external events. After you trust your ability to engage in mindfulness, you can develop patience, dedication, willingness, and regular practice. Trust that you can care for yourself, that you have the ability to step back from your thoughts, that you don't have to run off with every negative emotion that runs through your mental landscape like an emoji with its hair on fire. You can observe, decide, control, and trust yourself. The seventh foundational part of mindfulness is the beginner's mind. It's looking at things with a fresh perspective. Often we walk into situations thinking we know everything there is to know about it with preconceived ideas, concepts, and fully formed opinions. In addition, if you've ever struggled with insecurity or anxiety, you've likely walked into a social situation having already imagined all sorts of things that are going to go terribly wrong. You've put your body through those experiences that haven't happened might have even acted out or mentally gone through different versions of an argument or a fight you're afraid might happen without realizing that you're not preparing for the upcoming argument as much as you are experiencing it repeatedly. This will exhaust you. The beginner's mind helps us see an intractable situation from a fresh perspective. This isn't giving up all prejudgment and discernment, but allows new information that might have been overlooked or received in a biased way. Because perception was affected by your emotions at the time you received it. Your reality is your perception of how things happened or will happen. It is unique to you. The beginner's mind also brings back a sense of wonder in situations we don't pay much attention to anymore. Simple things like eating or driving or walking, hugging someone, being present and having a face-to-face conversation. If you've ever been there when a young child experiences something for the first time, you get the idea behind this foundational attitude. Now, if you were paying attention at the beginning, I said there were seven foundational attitudes, and there are. But I also like to include an eighth one, gratitude and generosity. Generosity and gratitude are closely interlinked. Gratitude can shift your attention to peace, contentment, calm, and appreciation 
while pulling back need and discontent. Simply writing down what you're grateful for will elicit more positive emotions and a sense of well-being that can escalate into more exercise and thus fewer visits to the doctor. Practicing gratitude reminds you that you have enough and thus can lower the drive to gain more if this is your situation. And if so, that can lead to greater generosity. And generosity deepens understanding of the inner interconnections between you and those you help. This has been the seven foundational attitudes of mindfulness plus one. 